Well, good morning, afternoon, and evening to you, my friends. This is the radio program called Smokin' and Toastin'. This is show number 43, and welcome to number 43. We've made it to 43. We have. I'm, I'm amazed every week, actually. That's almost my age. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> oh, Today's show is the 411 on ciders, and our special guest is uh, Blair Horler from uh, Austin East Ciders. We'll be bringing him on uh, here in a little bit, and we'll be talking cider. And I have to say, I'm really excited about this show because um, I've never been a big Cider guy, I have them every once in a while and enjoy them. And when we were at the Faust event uh, that we mentioned on the show before, which was about a month or so ago, mm-hmm. um, they had a booth there, and I got to, uh, as everyone did, we got to sample uh, the Austin East Ciders uh, product, and they have several different ones. And I got to tell you, I became an instant fan. This is really I was good very much the same stuff. way because a lot of times I always find that uh, ciders are, are very sweet well that's um, one of the things very very too like too sweet and and I was amazed at some of these and and Blair was so nice and just talking to us about it and explaining well yeah it's one of the, the things flavors and stuff yeah I remember him uh, telling us is that these ciders are about a third as sweet as yeah. your typical and as Somebody with a taste for beer, like you and I, obviously both have from being being here. You you kind of gravitate to it immediately. It's got more of a, I guess it's more of a beer lover's cider, is a good way to put it. It's, you know? it's just good. Well, it's drier. I think yes. that's part of it too. It's a little drier. I agree, flavor. and it just doesn't leave that sort of sweetness in your mouth. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about uh, other ciders uh, as well, and how how his are different. But the good news is they have several different varieties, and all the ones I tried were really, really good, from just the sort of standard beer-tasting cider to all the way through to the different flavors. So uh, we'll be getting to that, and I'm really excited. Now, they don't have a mushroom cider, but mushroom beer may be one of the next big things. Are you ready for mushroom beer? I love mushrooms. Yeah, I do too. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm really, you know, I do like the earthy taste more for that cigars. Would definitely than, be earthy, right? <laughs> more for cigars than uh, it's like, you know, mushrooms like the the one sort of uh, is is it considered a vegetable? Is it an herb? What is a mushroom? It's I, a I it's know. a root. It's a root of some, I guess. Form, some yeah. sort. It's the a one fungus, is, right? It's a fungus, yeah. And it's the one it's the one fungus that you would say the one thing in your diet that we you would say, "Do you know where you've been?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any case, we'll we'll uh, talk a little bit about mushroom and other uh, beers that are becoming, you know, craft beer brewers are having to differentiate and they're trying all kinds of new things and breaking some of the rules air quotes rules of craft beer so we'll get to talk about that a little bit and there's an interesting uh, story we'll follow up on uh, as well uh and we're going to do uh, tasting in addition to the ciders you have brought along a rather fine tequila have you not my friend yes i have a uh, añejo padron here see now usually i'm the guy that brings the tequila in but this time but i brought the this tequila. time and and you went right for the right in front of your face right there. for the añejo i like it yeah that's that's a better look for me with the uh, with my head sort of obscured by the uh, you got you got a by face for radio bottle. kid you got a face for we radio. are on uh, facebook live by the way uh, today on radio brave site so uh, thank you to bobby for setting that up and hi everybody and uh, we appreciate you Watching and listening. Uh, the show is available on uh, SoundCloud. is one of the easiest places to find us. Just look for Smokin', Apostrophe, and Toastin'. And our Facebook page, Smokin' and 
end toasting. Smoking it's all, it's never and, it's N. It's N. Smoking letter N. They won't let us N. use an ampersand and for some no of those, apostrophes so. on the yeah, Facebook right. uh, address. Just smoking and toasting. One and then more. what about Instagram? You're the you're the king same of Instagram. Thing. Same thing. Smoking I try to keep the same toasting. all the way across the board. Right, the only well. place you use an ampersand is if you're looking it up on um, on the SoundCloud and the um, if you're looking up the podcast itself. But uh, all the uh, all the other mediums, it's going to be the letter N instead. And you can find us, of course, uh, on Apple's uh, podcast directory and in Google Play as well. So. Right. And hopefully I'll, we'll have enough people doing this to where even if you misspell it, it'll be like, oh, I know what you mean. Go there. Yeah, right. <laughs> in fact, I should go in and misspell it a lot just yeah, to try to teach it. Yeah, a thousand times you know? and teach, yeah, just teach, teach the Google. The, teach the Google. <laughs> That'd be a good seminar, how to teach, teach the, the Google. Google. Yes. Uh, well, it's been quite a week for me. It's been very, very busy. I have had time to uh, do a little uh, creative smoking. But uh, what about you? Did you smoke anything interesting I this had, week? I um, had. Actually, I, I, re- I had this ready for review for last week but then we did an on location which was awesome so i didn't talk about this one because we talked about the one we were smoking but i had an andalusian bull a what an andalusian bull that sounds like a personal La preference Fl- <laughs> <laughs> from la florida dominica oh okay yes and it was uh the number one cigar last year 2016 from uh from, from cigar, cigar aficionado. Aficionado. wow wow and it was amazing Okay, so tell me about this. So, now, the LaFleurs are known for being extremely full-bodied. Was this one of those? It was pretty full-bodied, yeah. yeah. And uh, so the, 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 the pre-light sniff was really pleasant. I mean, very uh, very cigar, a little bit of mocha, mm-hmm. a little bit of earth to it. The pre-light draw was a little tighter than I was expecting, actually, but it was, it was not outside the realm of being comfortable. Um, the initial light had a bunch of pepper, but boy, did it have a lot of chocolate and mocha. Um, the first third of this was uh, was just a flavor bomb with chocolate and mocha, and then you started getting a little coffee flavors going on in there, plus the uh, spice and some pepper. The second third of this, um, like the chocolate loaded up and got huge. The pepper loaded up and got huge. This sounds was, like a cigar I would really like. You yeah. would really <laughs> enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the burn was fantastic. Um, it went out on me twice, probably partially my fault. Uh, no penalty whatsoever on the on the relight. That's I was always amazed. Good, you know, especially yeah. sometimes the fuller a cigar, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to pay a little bit of a penalty right. uh, for the relight. Yeah, because you, you get the bitterness. Harsh, yeah. This was so chocolatey it didn't even matter. Um, so as far as whiskey, we were drinking the Evan Williams, uh, uh, the uh, upper end Evan Williams. I'm blanking on which one it is right now, but I'll come up with that shortly. Um, and uh, and that went really well with it. Um, we also had a bit of that Knob Creek that we had last week on the show mm-hmm. with it. That was also quite mm-hmm. good. Um, so uh, by the third, the last third of the cigar, it loaded up. It was a ton of pepper and a bunch of other things. It was fantastic. I had... Uh, probably a couple inches of the cigar left when I, I just let it go out because it was a lot of cigar at that point. Mm-hmm. And that thing burned forever. I think it was an hour and a half. Wow. You that's know, great. Burning and, that cigar. and how long was it? Like- it it was I think they only make the one size and it was a so probably uh, like five four and a half five inches yeah probably. it's a, it's five six and a six six and a half by sixty four is what it okay, is. okay so it's a it's a bigger cigar yeah then. it's a big cigar yeah. and uh, it's about an eighteen dollar cigar. Okay, so, so it's you, a super premium. So you needed it to be good to it justify to be the price, good. yeah. And I would have to say that uh, price to quality scale five being you get exactly what you pay for. I'd put it at a six to a seven. Definitely, wow. even yeah. at that expensive. Even of a, at a that point. expensive, it was really, really good flavor. Wow, so that's really that's good because it. I find that a lot of times when I smoke the super premiums, I'm more apt to put them at a five, five and a half, right, 
simply because yeah they were good but i paid 18 bucks so right. it better be good you know what i mean yeah and that's how i felt with this but this was a lot like uh, a lot like that opus x that we had it was really good mm, you know yeah, it, was, I remember, it was definitely worth the price remember enjoying that yeah. on the uh, on the balcony <laughs> good times good times well i uh i am excited about the cigar i want to talk about this week because um first of all i'm excited because it's a gurkha and i'm going to give it a good review and I know remember which the, one you're talking the about. last couple of gurkhas that I've talked about on the show, the flavor was great, but the construction just really yeah, bothered me. Yeah, and I've been having would, that issue with some of them, flake, and, and like, I don't understand it. I had that issue, I won't take the time to review it, but I had that issue with some Ave Marias that I just got, the big Salomons. I got them in mail order, and I got, I got them along with these other cigars in a sampler, put everything into the same humidor, all the other cigars smoke fine, the Ave Maria's are all coming apart and fl- that's the, a shame because yeah, those are good cigars. Because they're good cigars, and it's the same with Gurkhas. Like I enjoy mm-hmm. their flavor profile, but I hadn't had one that I really loved until now. When we were at Presidential Cigars last week doing the show live, uh, we met the um, <laughs> the esteemed and uh, very interesting. Uh, I always want to call him a councilman, but he wasn't a councilman. He was commissioner. Uh, a commissioner, county commissioner, R. Jack Cagle. Yes, and uh, he was a he is a member there at the uh, at the lounge at uh, at Presidential Cigars, and we wound up meeting him and talking cigars and having a good conversation. And then he pulled out of his pocket a little cigar holder and gave you and I each a cigar. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen this particular cigar before, uh, but it was the Gurkha Special Release cask blend a very short cigar about the same length as a nub but not as uh, not right. as fat and uh, it comes he told us about this and i looked this up online it comes in these massive artisanal cabinet boxes of 200 now you can usually order i think like a five pack if you order it online and i haven't seen these in a store which doesn't mean they're not there uh but anyway it comes in Boxes of two hundred. So the next time I ask you if you want to split a box of cigars, <laughs> it might be. It's going to be hefty. Yeah, it's going to be a, a hefty one. Uh, these are hand rolled in the Dominican, but they don't tell you the tobaccos. I really hate when they do that. Just just tell us. Don't don't make it mystery tobacco. But they are rolled uh, in the dr. Um, the pre light earthy chocolate goodness. First puff. First puff was awesome, and then it got better. Even like, better than that. Yeah, yeah, which was... Uh, you sent me a picture saying, yes. this is great. Oh, my God. Yes, I know. It's, <laughs> Ian and I send each other porn regularly. It's usually pictures of either uh, glasses of beer, uh, cigars that we're smoking, or sometimes you go like the you know the group porn shot, and you'll be like at a bar, and you'll take a shot of like all the whiskey bottles right, or right. something. But uh, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Medium to full-bodied, very complex, cedar, earth, almonds even. And some uh, coffee notes, no burn problems. But then again, I, I don't even know about the relay penalty because I never relit it. I mean, it just smoked beautifully all the way down to the nub, and I never relit it. Easily my favorite Gurkha that I've ever had. Nice. It, was, it was just I haven't fantastic. smoked mine yet. Oh, you're, I, if you have an experience anywhere close to mine, I will expect you to text me a photo because it was, it, was, it was really great. I immediately... Wished that I had another one. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. It is about a seven to eight dollar cigar, and it is short. Price to quality, I'm going to give it a seven. But you know what? If it were a little cheaper or a little longer, I might even go eight. That's how much I like. Wow. So that's but, a big rating. But at uh, at seven to eight dollars at that small of a cigar, yeah, I'll, I'll go a seven. So there's your price to quality. All right. Coming up in the next segment, and we're very excited about this. 
Blair from Austin East Ciders is going to join us, and we will be tasting some cider. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, this is show number 43, the 411 on Ciders from Austin East Ciders. And we'll be bringing uh, Blair from Austin East Ciders on in just a moment. <clears throat> Did want to tell you, Ian, I, I thought about actually uh, sending Bobby a Taylor Swift song to use on one of our uh, uh, Bumper Swift. Uh, uh, bumper Swift. Bumper Swift. One of our, one of our, <laughs> and I haven't even had the cider yet. Uh, <clears throat> on one of our bumpers uh, in and out because I have a story uh, about her uh, management and label moving into the spirits business. Oh. But I decided to spare you and stay with Alice Jane. So. You know, that bass drum sound that yeah. takes off oh, on that is, is like one of the best bass it's, drum it's sounds. You know, it's so it, round and full. If you've ever heard the song, you know it immediately yeah. when you hear it again. So, uh, Taylor Swift's management company is called Big Machine. They are a very uh, powerful label and management company. Uh, they deal primarily with country artists, but not exclusively. They manage uh, and and put out uh, Florida Georgia Line and uh, another uh, n- a number of other artists. They are moving on to the hard stuff. Okay, wait, uh, a second, wait a second. I just want to point out that all their country artists sound like rock. Well, that's a that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> okay, gotcha. and we can be here all day with that. So, okay, um, but uh, they have uh, <clears throat> they have taken over. A platinum-filtered premium vodka company distilled in small batches through the Tin South Distillery in Linville, Tennessee. Uh, it'll initially uh, be, be available only in Tennessee, but they are looking to uh, to you know to spread it out. And they say their press releases <laughs> things are just so great. Over the past eleven years, Big Machine has provided the soundtrack to millions of fans worldwide. Uh, with the launch of Big Machine Premium Vodka, we're now offering a superior product that perfectly complements the music we take such great pride in so uh, and they're of course not the first you know rock music uh, or pop music uh, outfit or country for that matter uh, to launch uh, spirits but it's usually more centered around the artists like jimmy buffett's got right. his stuff and sammy hagar's got his stuff and by the way there's a, a, a i think it's, it's jack daniels has a rolling stones uh, product. That? That I was just, just thinking released, though, is so. their demographic a little young overall though? Well, you know, maybe the Taylor Swifties or whatever they're called or uh, <laughs> Swifties. Uh, Swifties. Uh, is that what they're called? I don't Bobby, know. Bobby, do you know this? Are they the Swifties? <laughs> I don't even know what you're I don't. <laughs> Bobby's and, back there going, I have no idea where this conversation is coming from to or you, where it's so. going. <laughs> they may be a little young, but hey, they're all, you know, they're all, you know, Taylor's of legal age. So uh, I see you with a cider. Oh, and that was that was interesting. Did you did you pop that? Or no, I it? broke it. Uh oh, uh oh. Now That's this is okay. a problem because we're going to have to get into this can of cider. So <laughs> he whips out the switchblade. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> we can make this work. <laughs> let's welcome uh, while you're uh, while you're fashioning an opening to that. Uh, let's welcome uh, Blair Horler from uh, Austin East Siders. Blair is the director of sales for the Western U.S. division for Austin East Siders. Blair, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You uh, told me that you live in Dallas, but from the sound of your voice, you don't sound like Dallas or Austin. So. What, where were you born? That's New Zealand. East, that's East uh, Dallas. Ze- what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> New yeah, Zealand. I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a New Zealander by birth, but I've been really? here for many years in the U.S. And what so. part of New Zealand? 
uh, the South Island down okay. by Christchurch. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm. So how does a uh, how does a Kiwi get all the way to the U.S. to work in uh, in Texas? How long's your show? <laughs> I mean, we've got, <laughs> I've been here. You know, I've been here for about eighteen or nineteen years. Lived in New York for a while, mm-hmm. and then um, moved out to Texas and uh, got into the kind of stumbled upon the side of industry really and and fell in love with it and then ever now, since have been have I been know that the British have a certain <laughs> fascination with Texas is that is that true for uh, people in Australia New Zealand as well I, I think so yeah it's I mean it's pretty global isn't it that Texans are considered to be uh, certainly the most friendliest of all the uh, yeah, even, even, even Texans have a fascination with yeah, Texans. Yeah, Texans in particular <laughs> yes. have a fascination with Texans. Uh you you just don't you don't like drive through the highways of, say, Montana, and see a pickup truck with a, you know, bumper sticker on it that says "secede." You know, right. that's, that's a that's strictly a Texas thing. So, um, so Blair, we met at the uh, Faust event that I was mentioning earlier, sure. and had a great conversation about cider. Mm-hmm. And and I said, you know, we've got to have you on the show to talk cider. So, first of all, what? What got you interested in the cider side of the business as opposed to going into uh, beer or, or spirits? You know, I've, it's kind of funny. Like I said, I kind of stumbled onto it almost. I was offered a, an opportunity with a, with a Californian cider company. And, and cider abroad in, in the UK and in Australia and New Zealand and um, in other nations is, is a much higher percentage of the, the beer category, if you will. Interesting, right? yeah. Uh, in fact, in the UK, it's about 20%. So, oh, wow. Um, and going home to New Zealand... You know, once every couple of years, as I do, I've I've noticed that you know if there's say twelve or fifteen taps at a at a pub, there's at least three ciders. Interesting. I mean, which kind of over here is you know maybe one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's fifty taps, there's going to be three or four. Sure. Of course, sure. Right. Yeah. Um. And so anyway, I kind of stumbled across this opportunity, and um, since then, just kind of fell in love with the category. The growth has been tremendous in the U.S., and people have really embraced it. And um. And then, of course, that led me to Eastsiders, where I got an opportunity a couple of years ago from the from the co-founder, who kind of came to me and said, "Hey, you know, how about this little cider engine that could?" <laughs> so, is is cider a beer? That's my first major question. No, it's not at all. It's okay. it's actually technically a wine because it's a fermented fruit. So it's fermented apples, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it plays in the beer category because of the look and the and the taste, if you will, and then of course. Um, you know the drinkability. You're going to drink it like a beer, but um, you know, technically, it is a wine. Hmm. It doesn't have a mouthfeel like a wine. It's much no. More like it's a beer. Mu- right. yeah, much more like a beer. It's fermented and- with a white wine yeast um, and a champagne yeast as well. So that has it does have a little wine tendency as well. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't drink like a champagne either, because Certainly champagne. Yeah. Uh, this is very unscientific, but I would describe champagne as the bubbles are really tight. Mm-hmm. And with the cider, the bubbles are looser, more again, more like a beer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's slightly carbonated for that reason, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what is the actual process? You know, with spirits, they're distilled. With uh, beers, they're brewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the process? Is it more like a, a wine it process yeah. to actually prepare the cider? Yeah. So we, when we're a little different, we, to most, most ciders over here, and we actually gather most of our apples and, and concentrate from Europe. So they're real cider apples. And what we kind of tell people is, listen, you wouldn't make a, a wine from just a regular table grape, so why would you make a cider from a regular eating apple, if you will? So right. these apples are cider apples specifically 
harvested for the purpose of cider making. And are they more flavorful in a particular way? Or? Yeah, if you know what a crab apple tastes like, it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to that. It's real, okay. real, um, real sharp, and yeah. yeah. Um, so they're bitter sharp and bitter sweet apples. We do get some from Washington State too, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a blend. But I think that's what. Um, has ours stand out a little more than others where you get the comments of, hey, this doesn't really taste like a and cider. Do you grow them a certain way? Like I know with wine, a lot of times you'll uh, starve them a little water-wise so that they'll get a more intense uh, flavor. That's, that's a question like that. I, would, I wouldn't even <laughs> hazard to. <laughs> No, you're speaking to the sales guy here, remember? I mean, let's keep it. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just yeah. curious. So how about those SKU numbers? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, Sorry I went too deep. <laughs> now, one of the things, obviously, that we noticed right away when Ian and I tasted your uh, ciders is that they were much more palatable to a beer uh, palate, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to some to people that already you know are really fans of beer than other ciders that we've tried. Is that is that by design? And tell us how you do that. Um, it somewhat by design, a- as I said, it's 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 the apples that make the difference, and mm-hmm. and these are specifically grown for cider, and so because of that, and the fact that we don't add any sugars after fermentation, um, it makes ours uh, a lot more refreshing, um, and. And not a, as sweet. A drier, yeah. Yeah, much drier. drier. Yeah. Exactly. Sweet. And, you know, the first one that we're going to sample, the, the, the original is about as, about as good as it gets, really, when it comes to a dry, you know, traditional European tasting cider. So by, by we're going to sample it, I've already been sampling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wondered when I could have a sip. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting very thirsty. <laughs> you, on this show, uh, you drink it well. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right, well, that's right. bottoms up. So, yeah, you don't so have to see the go. weights of our eyes or anything. No, Just um, drink away. The, the company's only about four years old, so you're yeah. a, a relatively new product. Did you come out with just the original first, or w- did you launch with a variety like you have now? It's a great question. We, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of, of the, the founding fathers of Austin East Ciders, we came out with something called the Gold Top, mm. which was um, packaged in a in a twelve point nine ounce bottle, and it was interesting. A, and it's a super funky, very uh, uh, bitter. Um, I mean, most people who you know, tasted it three or four years ago when it, when it came out, thought it more tasted like a, a smelly old shoe. And um, <laughs> frankly, I, I loved s- it. I thought it was awesome. I can and see that. to this day, it's one of my favorites that we've ever made. And I can see that on the <laughs> website, though. Tastes much like a yeah. smelly old shoe. And we may bring it back as kind of a play on ourselves. With, but with, um, with hardy notes of carpet mold. And- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I take it it was not like a really it, successful product it, it, launch then. Funnily enough, it actually was was – reasonably successful for what it was and mm-hmm. um you know at that time of course this whole side of side of revolution was was in full swing right mm-hmm. and the sweetest styles were were out there and it was just too much of a stretch from the cider drinkers who were drinking the the sweeter stuff and and what that was um so like i said you know it, i thought it was terrific and it, and it hopefully is going to come back uh, but this one was the really First mass produced, mass market, palatable to the to, to everybody kind of uh, cider that we came out with. So I, I want to get back to that in a, a few moments and, and talk about what you know what that would be like to have because to me that 
that would that could be your equivalent of like some of the breweries that put out their mass you know uh, product, even if it's a, a small brewery. But then they've got maybe the bombers that are something like really offbeat and really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we love tasting those on the show. In fact, usually most weeks we'll have at yeah. least one at in least the one. Uh, at least one in the queue. So, uh, but before we do that, uh, Ian, your thoughts on tasting? This is the East Siders original. Dry, it's delicious. Cider. This is not sweet. Like them this apples. is not sweet up front. This is, this is a nice, uh, uh, bitter apple flavor. Not mm-hmm. in a bad way by any means, and it's got enough sweetness to be interesting. But it's also not so much that it's cloying. It's and really it, nice dry finish, like you get from a wine. It's very drinkable. It's and delicious. It drinks like a beer, so it, yes. it quenches my thirst. I love wine, but I'm always thirsty. So one of the reasons I gravitate towards beer instead of wine is that beer will quench my thirst better. If I drink enough wine to quench my thirst, mm-hmm. I'm under the table pretty quick. And it's got just enough bubbles to make it fun, too. It's perfect, yeah. The, it, the, it really is. The catchphrase with this one is cider has now become sessionable, and I think that's I love it. What that's, there you go. All right, we'll session some more East Ciders cider when we come back at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is show number 43, the 411 on Ciders from Austin East Ciders. And uh, the is it what do you call it? It's a distillery if it's spirits, it's a brewery if it's craft beer, but what do you call a place that makes ciders? It's actually a cidery. It's a cidery. Yeah. Okay. So so the cidery <laughs> Of course is, it is. The cidery <laughs> is in Austin, correct? Yes, yes it and is. And it's yeah. on the east side of Austin. So yes, all of that rings true, right? Indeed. Yeah, and uh, but of course it's spelled uh, East Ciders with the C, like cider. And the company's been around for about four years. Is it a bigger deal in Austin than in other Texas cities because that's home? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and we, and what about uh, distribution? Are you only in Texas at this point? Are you uh, outside, and do you have plans to expand? We do, um, all of the above, right? So we're, we're we're in obviously Austin is our home market. It's it's massive for us. Um, and then, of course, Texas kind of is is next in line. Um, we're in Oklahoma in package only, which mm-hmm. means no draft. Obviously, they've got a kind of a different system up there, which we which aren't, we won't get into. Aren't the liquor laws like they're horrifyingly <laughs> different in every state? Aren't they? Yeah, it is yeah. brutal. It's brutal. I I loved when I lived in Massachusetts. It was one of my favorite liquor laws ever. Was that the, you had to go first of all? You bought beer and uh, spirits and uh, wine all at a store. Was a specific store. It, very few places could you get them in the grocery store. They had to like set it up specially and in a different little shop and stuff. And these stores were not open on Sunday because you know, of course, that's the Lord's Day. Mm. Except Saturday during the time from Thanksgiving to New Year's, in which case they were allowed to be open on Sunday. So only during the most holy time of the year, <laughs> the holiday times. it was okay to go There's buy. There's an irony in uh, there yeah. somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> what was happening is they were losing too much money during the holiday season right. because people were going across the border to New Hampshire and buying uh, stuff and bringing it home. So anyway, uh, liquor laws are, we can spend a whole show on liquor laws. Yeah, but instead, let's taste some cider. What is this? This is our Texas honey, which was our second, uh, if we're not counting the gold top as, as we probably shouldn't. Um, this <laughs> was our second release. Top. Yeah, you really do. It's yeah. all, It was awesome. Uh, and um, so, so Texas honey came about. How do you about. make this? Now this is now, and and by the way, all of our 
ciders are made with the same original base, which is actually the, the first one that exactly. we tasted. Okay. And then afterwards, after the fermentation, the next flavor, if you will, is added. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is honey. This is honey. And in fact, it's locally sourced from Baytown, Texas, which is outside of Houston here, right? Mm-hmm. So, nice. Um, it's a good story. So, that, hence the Texas honey, right? Um, a lot of uh, honey products out there, as you probably are aware, don't actually use honey. It's very expensive, where ours actually does. So you can really get that kind of natural honey flavor out of it. And it's a sweeter version. It's probably our sweeter cider, in fact. But uh, again, it's just very, very clean and, and, and you know, well-balanced. At the, at the risk of being too technical, if you're not using honey for honey <laughs> <Uh-oh>. flavor, <laughs> exactly. what do you what use? What would you well, use? Yeah. some sort of a concentrated syrup or something okay, like that. So, and okay, just inject gotcha. A honey-type yeah. flavoring honey that flavored. isn't actual honey. Exactly. I mean, but no. this is actual Texas honey. It, it is, yeah. Well, I have to say, if this is your sweetest cider, it still comes off way less sweet yeah. than you know what I'm this used is, to the Mike's hard cider or some of those and I enjoy one of those occasionally this is almost like one. a really dry mead kind of a lot, yes. of, pe- a lot of people have yeah. said yes. the exact my wife thing. would absolutely love this she right. loves mead this this would be right up her house I, I would yep. say as a beer guy prior to tasting Austin East Ciders uh, ciders if I was going to have a cider it would be one like I'd have it I would sure. enjoy it for what it was but then I would switch back back to beer like I wouldn't Drink several for the evening, you know. The Austin East Cider stuff, though, I, I, mm. you could drink this all night. This is uh, you really can. It's very, as you said, sessionable. What's yeah. the ABV on this? They're all, we we keep them all at five, five okay, percent. Yeah, so, so it's more like an imported right, right. Heineken or you know, Stella or something like that. That's uh, pretty. That, nice. This is just delicious. Mm. I mean, it, it takes the original uh, dry cider and just adds. I want to say sweetness, but it's not sweetness in the way you often think of. Right. With a cider, it still doesn't make you kind of go, you know, exactly. like when you're, this is when more you're of a, done with a swallow. And and probably because of the way it's made, it's more of a wine sweetness. To yes, it, that's really a good way to say it. Like a good white wine right. has that sweetness to it, but right. it's not. But it also has a drier finish uh-huh. on it, too, yeah. so it doesn't, just like I said earlier, it doesn't leave that cloying yeah. sweetness. That's and what I, obviously we're going for is the less artificial aftertaste, um, which comes with, you know. The others. Or well, the and others. to me, that's the thing that <laughs> the bad stands. Guys. That's the thing that stands out so much <laughs> is that it isn't. It doesn't have that cloying uh, mm-hmm. after. It finishes just so uh, so nicely. Right. Is that something that you can? You don't brew. You don't distill. Is that something you can cider for? I, you know, and the cider maker would be the better guy to ask that. But I mean, I, I think I think it's true with certainly the sugar content, and yeah, you know, we get ours naturally rather than. Just from pouring more sugar into into the tanks, right? Mm-hmm. What he's saying is that's insider information. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. where is where is <laughs> he's been he's been waiting a week for that? <laughs> well, certainly a month since the Faust <laughs> warehouse walkthrough event. Is there a rim shot on this thing? I know there's a cider. Uh, I, I hardly know her. See, that's drum cider. I hardly know her. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. So good, very good. Yeah, I, I, we <laughs> didn't have the right sound effects. So, uh, sort of a tradition here on the show. We have this little red sound effects box. I'll show this it to is, the camera. Yeah, that's a brilliant piece. Yeah, it is. Only it, it's actually quite limited. So, if we don't have the sound effect we're looking for, we just substitute another one. So instead of a drum roll, you might have a, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, but but it it isn't intended necessarily <laughs> to be, you know, what it is. So awesome well, I, job, though awesome job. I really like Texas honey. Now, do you have? I know we haven't tried. Uh, we haven't gone through sampling 
the rest, and we should probably break out the next one here. But sure. uh, but do you have a favorite among uh, the ciders uh, for your? I I know aside from the Golden Topper, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because you know as you were saying about them all being you know when you sampled them all at the at the Faust you know warehouse walkthrough here in Houston, you kind of when you're when you're in inside the business, if you will. Did you get the play there? Mm-hmm. Inside, inside, the okay. inside. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I took a leap. When here. you're yeah. when you're an insider, right. yeah, exactly. Um, you kind of it, it, it switches almost. There it goes. Yeah, good. It's the closest yeah. thing we have to a rim shot. <laughs> uh, so I apologize. <laughs> um, I, I kind of it varies from almost week to week, or day to day, or season to season. Almost. I mean, really? I think overall the original was probably still my favorite. Um, but I love um, I love the hopped, which we're about to try. I love the honey. Um, and then, of course, the others that we're going to sample. Should I tell you what they're going to be? Or uh, sure, take, sure. Pineapple. Yeah. And oh. then the very, very recently released Blood Orange, oh, uh, which has mm-hmm. been ridiculously successful. And, That's great. And it's fantastic. Hence my orange T-shirt today. So <laughs> yeah. so tell us about the hop. This is the next one, and I uh, immediately like it by name. Uh, yeah. but, but tell us what this is about and what – what was the thought process that went into creating this? You know, it was more of a, um, to your point earlier, you know, a berry drinker's cider. And mm-hmm. a couple of companies have tried a, a hopped style, and it's kind of fallen pretty flat, obviously. Um, this one is beloved by most people who work for us as their, our number one product. And it's also beloved by those who work in the industry, hmm. distributors and, and bartenders and the like, right? Um, but for us, it's 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 certainly our our least favored in terms of sales um yeah sorry about that it, it, so this is my duty here so of all of your ciders this one uh is is your least uh, least best selling it is i guess is it a is. good way to say and it no? whether it's because the word hopped um just doesn't come across maybe to it a scares cider people yeah um, or maybe they've tried one of those other hopped ones and, exactly. and didn't like it exactly and it so when smells. it's sampled delicious yeah by the way mm, like it is yes. great on the nose like the hop and the cider together yeah are a really beautiful blend of smells. Like I would, I would have this as a candle. Right. Oh, it's, that's br- <laughs> pretty brilliant. I know come, to, that's yeah. I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> so we use two hops from the Pacific Northwest, Crystal and Liberty, in the palette form. And um, yeah, again, it's it kind of it's a little different to an IPA where it's it's more that the hops that you get at the at the beginning and then at the finish is more a cider finish. So mm-hmm. it's a very cleanses almost the palate. Exactly. Very I, floral flavor. And I love this. It's quite good. Yes. I think this may be, if memory serves, and we'll have to taste the pineapple and the blood red uh, orange, but uh, if memory serves, this was the one I liked the best uh, from I the imagine, Faust. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, too, is the hop brings out a little bit brighter flavors in the apple as well. Mm-hmm. And so you yes. really, yeah, the, like the on the finish. The apple tastes different in this, doesn't it? And really this does. all you said this all starts from the same cider. Yes. So it's really interesting to see the progression of like this started from this and this yeah. is such a different finish but also quite good. Yeah, it's it's really um it w- when people try it it's it's loved. Um it's just, you know, it's the on the shelf where it's just having you know issues compared to the others which are more traditional if you will. Let's change this hopped cider. Go, go, go. Like like let's send yeah. people out to try, try it. This. People try it. It's you good. won't you won't regret it. Uh, do you guys do tours at the cidery? Right now, we just do tour cruise. You could get a tour, you know, any day of the week. Uh, of course, no problem so, at all. So you do yeah. on cider tours? We do. Oh, wow, it's, you get, get your little <laughs> gadget out again. Oh wow, we do. Um, and 
unfortunately right now just not for the general public it's kind of um you know we'll, we'll do it to our distributors and to our, our best partners accounts etc um the tap room is opening november of this year uh-huh. nice. um, and that's at the original site which was about five minutes from downtown austin of course on the east side since then we've actually moved to a much larger facility to, to handle the production which has just been um, you know, blowing and going, obviously. Since, I would since think that it, th- that would go over really well because people could come yeah. and sample the different kinds. For sure. And, you know, it, it can sometimes be, particularly if you don't normally drink a lot of cider, mm. it can be a little, you know, off-putting maybe if you're standing at the beer cooler trying to yeah. decide what you're going to bring home. You go, well, should I get a six-pack of it? What if I don't really like Or what if I really only want to drink one? And if someone could come and taste and sample... You know the different kinds. Then they would know. Yes, I am definitely taking home a six pack of this uh, hop side. Also, yeah. true that some some companies do a six pack that's a mixed six pack. Too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. We, well, we have a variety pack right now, yeah, yeah. Um, which does not include blood orange at this point. But one thing that's that, your newest, right? Exactly. Yeah. One thing that you guys, I'm sure, would be, uh, you know, fascinated about if you ever, you know, and obviously the the invitation is there to come to the cidery. Is we do a, a small batch program as well, where we do tequila, small batch, barrel aged. Oh, we nice! We do Woodford nice. Reserve barrel aged cider, and it's awesome. Speaking of tequila, in our next segment, we'll be tasting the Patron Añejo tequila. Right. Okay. So I hope you can join us for that. Oh yes, I think I can <laughs> manage smoking and toasting. Welcome back, smoking and toasting, episode number forty-three. By the way, I wanted to mention from last week's show, we tasted a Bell's uh, IPA, American IPA, which is called "Am I Right or Amarillo?" Yes, you remember this, and we both liked it a lot. Yes, um, Bell's, of course, is from Michigan, uh, and they have just come into the Texas market. That's which is why we're able to find um, pretty wide variety of their uh, product at the mm-hmm. various places. That we shop. Well, I was enjoying another <clears throat> Am I Right or Am I or Amarillo this week <laughs> and happened to actually read the label, which I suppose we should actually do on the show. Labels. Uh, labels. We don't need to think in labels. It's all it's alternative. It was it was right. uh, typed right there on the label, plain to see that that was a special release celebrating the fact that they were coming to Texas. Awesome. So I thought that was kind of awesome. cool. Being a Texas-based show, we we enjoy that. Uh, Just so that you know, I've been a fan of Bell's for a long time. I have some family up north, so I've had ah. it quite a bit. And, and we've uh, talked about we, it. We've and then had all it on of a the sudden, show. All of a sudden, we were able to get find it here it. for yeah. a long time. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, right. We had some on the show that you smuggled back down through the uh, Interstate uh, Beer Underground Railroad. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, I can't was... tell you where I kept it. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, they're using a lot of different things to make beer these days. Uh, Dave uh, Hops, I believe is his name. Uh, pretty pretty cool name for a beer guy. If you're going to make beer. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> for real? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. It's Dave Hoops. H-O-O-P-S. I thought it was double P, but it's double O. Uh, he is from Duluth. He's a veteran brewer and beer judge from beer competitions, wrote an interesting article that I stumbled across uh, where basically the article talks about how craft brewers are trying to do anything and everything to differentiate their product. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a blood orange cider here in a few moments, but uh, blood orange has become a big thing. Uh, Really fruity IPAs have become a big thing. And uh, he says in this column, he says, I've used many ingredients in my career. 
Here's a short version of the long list. Grains, rye, wheat, oats, corn, rice, fruits, raspberries, apples, blueberries, cherries, cranberries, pumpkin, blood orange, lime, orange zest, lemon zest, lychee fruit, apricots, peaches, kiwis, pineapple, coconut, mangoes, grapefruit, papaya, strawberry, watermelon, blackcurrant, clementine, and tangerine. And then vegetables and nuts and plants like chili peppers, like serrano and habanero and uh, jalapeno and ghost pepper. And my favorite, he says, hatch chilies, as well as walnuts and vanilla bean and oak and birch and agave. But he says, and there's more, I won't go into his whole list. He says, stand by because brewers are getting really adventurous. Look for, coming soon, mushroom beer. Huh. Fungus. Yes. Potato and yam stout. Good God. Stout made with squid ink. <laughs> squid ink. Yes. Good Lord. Uh, tea beers. Green and black varietals of tea. I can see that. Some of these decisions have to be made with something Under the having influence? to do with, yeah. the, with <laughs> a watermelon-flavored blunt wrap of some yes. sort. <laughs> uh, Under the influence of something. Bloody Mary beer, which don't we already have this, right? This is I what, think so. Is that what that a Michelada is? comes in a big is? can, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And it looks disgusting, I have to say. <laughs> uh, pina Colada beer. I would try that, just if for the experience, you know. Uh Bacon beer. Now, mm. I don't know how that's going to work, but if you take the two best things in life and put them together, mm. it would have to be good, wouldn't you think? Well, if you add bacon to anything, it makes it better. Mm. And the proof is that if you actually add bacon to bacon, it even makes bacon better. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's really unbelievable. Bacon wrapped in bacon <laughs> is one of my favorite delicacies, yes. Uh, he also says that um, there is a... Uh, brewery called Lift Bridge Brewery in Stillwater that did a special beer for the Minnesota State Fair that was mini donut beer. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he says, look for birch beer, maple beer, spruce beer, pine ale, fur ale, dandelion beer, sarsaparilla ale. I have heard of dandelion beer. Ginger beer, which we already have, <clears throat> coriander ale, and wintergreen ale. He says, those are mostly brewed by home brewers currently, but the trend is everything's getting big, so everything's going big. So now to something, oh, see, I think I messed that up. I was talking when you uh, I was trying to fit cork. it in between your words. So now now to something much more traditional, a good Añejo tequila mm. from uh, Patron. Or I think this Gracias. is good. This will be, uh, you know, uh, we've all had uh, Patron's, you know, silver, which is used in a lot of margaritas, is the uh, kind of like upscale silver of choice, I guess, a lot of places. But the, uh, the Patron Añejo, which is more of a, Sipping tequila, more aged, uh, should be an interesting uh, should be an interesting thing. Most of the tequilas we have tried, I was thinking about this uh, in on the show that I brought in, have actually been on Yehos. Not all of them, but true, most true. of them, and and that's generally where you get more of the flavors from the aging and the right. oak and the uh, vanilla and those kind of flavors. Well, I think so. most most silvers generally are thought of as a as a um, like something you would mix and right. things like and that. And so it's less aged, so it's right. usually you know, it's usually clear, so it's it doesn't younger, pick so. up the color from the barrels. And, right. And uh, but this is a nice sort of a pale yellow and I tell you on the nose it's terrific. I'm getting vanilla and uh maybe a little cinnamon pepper. Oh, pepper is what pepper. you get when Take you drink. Take a taste of this. Mm. This by the way goes so well. With the cider, like this might be, like this right here might just be a marriage. 
Now, and you're holding up a, a, a glass that's of hop. Right? That's the yeah. hop cider. The hop cider. So yeah. plus so the, the aged tequila. And then chase it with the cider. Yeah, like. it's that's that is cool. pretty amazing. It's so good with it. Mm. That's so, yeah, that's yeah and it's this is so smooth. There's almost really like smooth. there's it's very <clears throat> oh, little heat to this at good. all. No, you're right. It, it's it's very smooth. It's not quite like the Skelly, which we tried, which is so dangerous because it has it's it's so smooth. You could just like. Drink it almost like a glass of iced tea. This um, it's got a little more burn than that, but not much. This doesn't have the sweetness that mm-hmm. the Skelly has, but in its own way, this is a very good mm-hmm. uh, tequila. I think I can. This is sessionable <laughs> <laughs> for a tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I could, I uh, you know now that this is open, I'm probably gonna. It's probably not gonna last very long. Yes, <laughs> I know because this was all sealed up when you brought it in. So. And this is this is just you know this is neat. We're not no water, no ice, no nothing. It's just straight up like this, and it's great room temperature. Well, it really is, and I, I can tell you that as a tequila guy, I'm I'm <clears throat> yeah, I'm a little picky about my añejos, but this one's definitely up there with the better ones I've had. Yeah, this is I'm I'm quite happy with it. I bought this years ago at a place that was um that was actually uh, selling off their liquor because they decided they didn't want to stock liquor anymore. Mm. Um, so they sold it off, and I got it at a decent bargain. And I don't drink that much tequila at the house. And usually, when I do, like me, me and my wife drink tequila, it's going to be you know mixed up or something. You've made like that. margaritas or something so. This like one's that, just been kicking there. And when I, when we uh, decided to do the show today, I thought hmm. it's because you haven't had me over often <laughs> enough. Is, <laughs> That's is, is right. what it is. You know, I've um, neglected my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you are more of a whiskey guy. I mean, it's probably your go-to spirit would be whiskey, right? Yeah, generally speaking, I'm going to go to whiskey mm. overall. Um, feel free to help yourself. I noticed that you mm. went through yours pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming I'm you like lift. this. <laughs> now, a, I know you okay. have I'm to leave right after the show, but you're flying, right? I am, yeah, and I'm not piloting, so okay. I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always something about tequila. Its reputation is maybe like a little more like out of control than uh, than other spirits. Like, like if. If you hear, for example, yeah, the the pilot may have had a whiskey uh, uh, before the flight, you're probably not nearly as concerned <laughs> if as if they say, yeah, the pilot was drinking tequila. You're like, oh my god, we're gonna die. So there was a uh, uh, the comedian Jim Brewer, I think, did a skit about tequila uh, years ago, <laughs> and he mentions the one thing is like you can drink all these other things, and I'm paraphrasing everything here because I'm terrible at this, but uh, but tequila always always has friends like you never drink one tequila <laughs> i've noticed because uh, i have quite a number of tequilas at my house i don't do the tequila sniff like you do with the whiskey but uh but i do have a number of tequilas and i've noticed that when i'm trying to get somebody to try one of these premium tequilas everyone says this like there's not a single person i've offered tequila to that was a guest at my house that hasn't said this Oh, I had an experience with tequila. We, we've had an all incident. had that tequila incident uh, before. We don't talk about tequila ever since the incident. <laughs> well, some people say that do, day. Do you like tequila? I go, well, I went to college, so <laughs> it's different. I learned to drink tequila and do that thing where you can float the lime in the beer. See, that's that's proof that you went to college. 
And it also, with a Bic later, I can open any beer bottle. Yeah, see, because you're that guy. Because <laughs> you're that guy. Uh, this is, I have to say this is really good. And it's the Añejo Patron. And uh, it's available pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I everywhere. I mean, it's not uh, hard to find at all. Yeah, I see this. So it's not that rare. Every now and then, something we'll have on the show will be you know reasonably rare. This is not one of those. Nope. This yeah, is available definitely, everywhere. <clears throat> definitely And just uh, for those of you who think, wow, these guys always like everything they're drinking. Well, I mean, it's beer and liquor i mean what's not to like most of the time one of the things one of the things behind this show was we wanted to come on and talk about things that we really like yes so i I, while occasionally there will be something that we're not as crazy about as another um that's that's kind of how it starts for us we want to we want to tell you about stuff that we like because that's more interesting i think in the end until we do our american malt liquor show yeah well and and (laughs) celebrating the american malt liquor that's gonna be well you mentioned this and and i promise you by by the next show we will have a date lined up for this because we've been talking about it for a while and we've been collecting the beers for a while but smoking and toasting's first Blind taste test of light beers is coming. It's probably going to be in about a month. So this is going to be an interesting. What we're going to do, um, uh, Blair, is that uh, we're going to have Bobby pour these beers for us and not tell us which ones are sure. which. We'll do them totally blind. And what we want to do is for people who are more beer fans, you know, maybe craft beer fans of bigger, fuller beers. You go, okay, if you've decided that you want to drink a light beer. Which ones are the best? What right. le- what really stands up from a flavor profile? Uh, uh, Good luck. Situ- <laughs> no, no, no. And that's the thing we're not we're not approaching it just to nag on the light beers, but uh, there's got to be some good ones. I know several what, light yeah. beers. That I'm just been. scared. What if I find out I actually like a cold activated can? Yeah, well, it could happen, or you mm. could or you could like something that's like only five carbs. So it could happen. So. It's a long way to jump right. down there too, Ian. There's more cider to taste coming up. This is smoke. Don't be suicidal. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. Smoking and Toasting, our final segment for show number 43. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Bobby is on the wheels of steel. It's not really the wheels of steel, but it just sounds so much cooler, doesn't it? Uh, Check out the record while my <laughs> DJ revolves it. <laughs> and uh, Blair from Austin Eastsiders is is here with us on the show, and uh, it's been fun having you on, Blair. This is uh, this is awesome. Likewise, you're, yeah. You are welcome back anytime, especially if Love you to. bring yummy cider. You bet. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, by the way, Cigar Aficionado has just released a very interesting uh, article. It's 14 outstanding cigars you should be smoking, and we will. Uh, cover all fourteen in next week's uh, show on number forty three. Uh, number, I'm sorry, number forty four. So we're looking forward to that. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Um, <clears throat> Blair, we have tried now the original dry cider. What? Oh, oh, I was just waving to Pat. Oh, me. okay. <laughs> I thought you were raising your hand like I have something to say. No, I'm waving Stop to other talking. employees. That's all. <laughs> Got it. Uh, we've tried the original dry cider, which was fantastic. The Texas Honey Cider, which was delicious. Uh, then we got to what I think has so far been my personal favorite, the Hopped Cider. Where are we going next? Well, the intro said it all, didn't it, with the Hawaiian mm-hmm. lyrics See? and um, pineapple. It's almost as if we planned it. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that have been a smart thing yeah, to do? If only they knew you so well, <laughs> uh, your listeners, that is. But, uh, <laughs> but um, Pineapple ah. was released about a year ago from East Ciders, and it, it really was came on with a real bang. Now, it seems to me that pineapple would be a tough 
thing to integrate with the cider and keep it from getting too sweet because pineapple's so sweet. Exactly, exactly. Pineapple but, also though has an inherent tartness to it as well. Well, it does, and I will say this: my, like fresh pineapple. For the last year, my wife's favorite beverage in the world has been the pineapple infused rum from Plantation. Wow! And I have to say, if you haven't tried it, it's not like one of those kind of gimmicky uh, infusion. I mean, this is real rum. The pineapple just gives it this little wow, sort of interesting yeah. edge. And it's one of, we've tried it on the show. We both uh, thought it was very good. Uh, but that's my wife's favorite. So I'm going to uh, hopefully uh, get her to sample some of this pineapple cider. I think she'll well, like it. I have to tell you, I, this is really counterintuitive for me to say, but this is pretty good. It's not as sweet as I expect it to be. It's a different. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little cloudier looking. Than I was going to say, ones. yeah, it's a little. It cloudier. has a little bit different uh, look to it. It looks like a pineapple drink mm-hmm. would look. Like it almost looks like I should have some ice in it, right. or maybe a little um, umbrella in the top. It's got a little bit thicker mouth mouth feel mouth feel mouth feel than the other ones. Um, but the pineapple flavor cuts through, but it's not obnoxious. It's not big sweet pineapple right. either. It's it's more of the tartar side of the pineapple. If I could say that's. Maybe the secret to your ciders is that in none of the cases, even if, even the honey, do do they get too sweet? And that's what yeah. that's what makes them, I think, so sessionable and drinkable. Right, you know? and it's very subtle flavoring, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, we use organic pineapples for this one. Um, you know, which you know, being an Austin company, you have to be pretty transparent, and and Austin is is about as good a place as any to. Um, you know, pick out a floor if if there is one in a company, mm-hmm. and so we we you know we have no problem labeling you know the nutritional facts and also what what goes into each each cider. And um, so the pineapple, with that being said, is is just wonderfully clean and um, not so much in the look because it is cloudy because it's unfiltered, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, again, very subtle in its in its flavoring. And, like um, oddly enough, I want to say that out of all the ones we've tried today, this is probably my least favorite, mm-hmm. and it's still delicious. Right. Like this I would, is I would really still good. buy a six pack of this and take it home. Yeah, I mean, this is this Absolutely. is yeah delicious. So I'll look for that spike in sales. Uh, now you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned this a, this is a couple years old. Uh, uh, the, it's the it's about a year old now. About a year old. Yeah. So how do you know? Like when you release something, obviously you you told us the story about your first cider, uh, and, right, and the, the, yeah, yeah uh, and and it not necessarily being as big a success. When you released, let's say a pineapple, yeah. Like how are there expectations? Like uh, take us behind the business side. Yeah, like, I mean, are there like we think we're going to do this, and then you yeah. see if you hit that quantity. Like how, how does that work? Yeah, similar to your upcoming blind taste test we do mm-hmm. you know things like that where we'll get you know of course every flavor under the sun if you will with the you know we've done a black cherry and a ginger mm-hmm. and of course a pineapple and then of course black or- blood orange soon um, and all these other you know um, flavors and basically pick which one that you know over the course of six or eight or ten people that we really think you know is the best and is the best and has the best potential. And, maybe yeah, to be and a pineapple success, is right? just such a hot flavor, and 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 this one's been terrific. I mean, it's on as I mentioned earlier to you, it's on uh, Royal Caribbean cruise lines now. And now, tell me about that. You said you yeah. were just in the Bahamas, is what you told me. Yeah, yeah it was a harrowing experience. A lot of it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but, but you, no, yeah, the, you the, managed to get your uh, your product on the uh, the Royal Caribbean. Cruise yeah, we so. we had an opportunity on one on one vessel, and it just it crushed it. We did a couple of cocktails. We named Royal Sunset and Royal Sunrise, and one's nice. like a um, one's like a pina colada. It's a pineapple cider mixed with Malibu rum and a splash of grenadine. 
and that's the raw sunrise. And that actually the raw, sounds pretty good. Yeah, yes, it's it phenomenal. does. It's Woo. it's dangerous, very dangerous. And the other one is is more like a pineapple margarita with tequila and triple sec. I live for um, danger. By so, the way. Yeah. so yeah, so they've both been Bring crushing it. it, doing well on board. You know, such an amazing, um, you know, international global company is that yeah so no for kidding. us to be you know a part of that has been really that exciting is, that is really really cool mm. um so pineapple we're going to try the blood orange like where would you go next? like will you continue to expand with new flavors and will you do seasonals or once you put something out do you either keep it on the market or not yeah the seasonal thing i think we're not going to do um it's become somewhat of a nightmare for for a company and for a distributor um to do a seasonal um you never know how much it's really going to be, how well it's going to be received. The Blood Orange um, is our last uh, variety this year that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We've got a, as you have can probably attest to, we've got a very good lineup now, and yeah, we think no they've kidding. got they've got great legs, every one of them. So mm-hmm. um, the Blood Orange, we've been, you know, we had very high expectations for the Blood Orange, and the 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 sales since that day of 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 release have have blown those away. Wow, um, that's great. Yeah, I would think that blood orange, and I really like the whole blood orange flavor. But I would think that would be a bit more exotic. Like you might not expect it to do this as well. Smells delicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's commonly referred to by the co-founder of the company, Mark King, as uh, excuse my language, a, a goddamn mimosa in a can. <laughs> and, um, and it's it's had yeah. it's had such success anywhere it goes. I mean, I, I had a lunch yesterday at a Vietnamese place here in town. Oh, that's good. And it's just crushing it there. So it's it's oh, kind yeah. of it's open to everyone. The blood orange has really kind of taken the bull by the horns, if you will. This so, might this might be my favorite out of all of yeah, them. It's, see, it's, it's so really good. hard to pick. I it's become it's session the boys, one. It's kind of like when someone asked me What's my favorite cigar? It, the easiest answer is the one I'm smoking right now. <laughs> like but and it's kind of the way it is with this though. Like at almost any time during this tasting, I could almost say I like this one the best. This right. has you know? this has a little bit uh, bigger mouthfeel too. Like this one and the pineapple have the same style of mouthfeel for to sure. it that that uh, the other ones ta- had a little bit less of that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see the difference. Blair, let me ask you a sales related question: mm-hmm. When you are looking to get into you know retail outlets, whether it's a chain like a Specs or or the smaller independent mm-hmm. guys. Um, are you fighting for shelf space with ciders, or are you fighting for shelf space with beers? Kind of both, um, really, especially in Texas, mm-hmm. um, because um, you know we're a local, and so a lot of you know the stores, the the HEBs, the Specs, the Total Wines, and mm-hmm. Central Markets, you know Whole Foods of the world, they'll have a, a local section and a cider section. So some will place us in the local, and some will place us in the cider. And, and which do you like better? <sighs> It's, I think, local. Yeah? I think local. Almost encourages put, people to try to if have... If they put exactly. one strip down the middle that was local cider. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, the, the, the best thing that we can have is the cider section is, is, is right up against the, the local section, right? Mm-hmm. So we can kind of be on the, kind, on kind the border, be, if you will. You can be the... the you can bring both worlds <laughs> exactly. together. Yeah, the, both worlds colliding. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, this, I have to say, this is quite a portfolio. And you. you put you put uh, blood orange out was your new one for this year, just April of this year. And will, yep. will you do a new one next year? We may, we may. Um, I mean, you have to say relevant, and but like like I said, you know, um, and you know, the new category to the millennials especially is new. Whatever's new, right? You know, I was going to say that's one of the things that is 
you know, either exciting or frustrating for craft brew uh, places is trying to always have something new out there because mm-hmm. people are always trying to s- sample the new thing. Mm-hmm. And it can be harder to keep your original brand item alive. You look at brands like, um, you know, St. Arnold. For, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not St. Arnold. Um, uh, Samuel Adams, Sam Adams yeah. uh, for example, yep. they brew great beers. They were the really the first big craft brew company in the U.S. And yet, you know, they had a, a sales decline last year because people are trying the new. And it's not that people don't like Sam Adams or that they're doing anything wrong, but everybody's so focused on the well, new and the local. But you know? what you do then is you take uh, your packaging. And you make all of your packaging brand new, and you make your packaging do something, and then you put up a bunch of billboards. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. That's macro brew. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just did that. Thank you for spelling that out. <laughs> yeah, there goes oh, Ian. the yeah. can's oh, different. It oh, must oh, be better beer. That's for Ian. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, or. Here, I got one. The The colors change when it gets cold. You made <laughs> that's, reference my, my, that's my favorite. The can actually does something. Yes, wow. yes. The can actually does something. Which is an early warning. <clears throat> well, these cans do something, too. And that's that they hold a really, really great cider. And thank you. Blair, the, we, we can't thank you enough for doing this tasting. This Likewise. is a lot of different things we're able to taste on this show. And I got to say, we did really legitimately like them all. I mean, this is this is just fantastic. Your I'm going to drink the rest of that blood orange. Your favorite, Ian? The blood orange and the uh, hopped Man. one. The hopped uh, is so unique and so wonderful. Hopped is my favorite. I may be going with pineapple ah. second in a surprise. Yes. I'm going to finish off that can of blood orange. All right. Blair, thank you. Will you come back on the show again? You bet I will. We'd love, love to, to have you. Thank you. This has been Smoking and Toasting number 43. Back next week with 14 outstanding cigars that you should be smoking. Have a great week, my friends, and cheers. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.